control, it sort of isolates the, the sick part of the brain and um, stops uh, the epileptic activity from uh, attacking the normal part of the brain. Some of the multisyllabic terms like hemispherotomy can sound scary in themselves. But in addition, in this case, we refer to an operation that disconnects the cortex or outer layer of one half of the brain or hemisphere from the other, but without removing it. So both halves can't talk to each other. This is an amazing procedure which can cure epilepsy in many children, as well as both save and improve their lives, which epileptologist Georgia Romantani is here to tell us all about. I am, I'm Georgia and uh, I'm a pediatrician, pediatric neurologist, epileptologist and um, I, I work in Switzerland, in Zurich, uh, at the University Children's Hospital and uh, um, I have been working um, in epileptology and uh, in the field particularly of epilepsy surgery for quite a few years now because this really interests me and it's great to see that uh, People, children, fam families profit so much for this kind of intervention. I can certainly appreciate as a former child, um, well, I say former, I'm not quite sure to be honest. Um, I, I certainly, as a, with an epilepsy at the time, I totally appreciate uh, the value of an epileptologist who specializes in helping children because it's a, and also because it's a very different sphere in pediatrics compared to adults. It's not just about. Uh, uh, the child, so my patient is actually the child, or it should be just the child, but my patient is the whole family. It's uh, the parents and the grandparents and uh, the teachers and everyone surrounding this, this one child. It's quite different. So our topic today, and uh, well, is going to be hemispherotomies. Mm -hmm. This is really exciting. So could you just tell everybody a little bit about them? Uh, what, what defines one? What's the difference also between a hemispherotomy and hemispherectomy as well, please? The big difference is that this hem hemispherectomy um, is a, the kind of surgery where um, a hemisphere is removed, while in hemispherotomy uh, it is just disconnected. And um, it's the historical evolution of a procedure because at the beginning uh, neurosurgeons thought um, that uh, they had to actually remove the hemisphere and uh, then uh, down the road they realized that, that they don't actually or if they do remove the hemisphere then there are some side effects and, uh, um, and then um, the patient is not helped that much because at the beginning the, the goal was... Uh, to treat patients with um, uh, extensive tumors, then later patients with epilepsy. And uh, for the patients with epilepsy, um, different approaches were developed to make the, uh, this kind of treatment not just uh, um, effective, uh, to efficient to stop seizures, but also safer. So is it like an alternative to a hemispherectomy? So mm -hmm. dropping a bit in the middle rather than removing a whole half? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that anybody is doing a hemispherectomy anymore, um, and everybody is doing different uh, um, different approaches of uh, disconnection around the world, and um, there are different techniques. Uh, and uh, but the main point is to really disconnect, uh, just disconnect the two hemispheres, and um, hemispherotomy is um, um, candid hemispherotomy candidates are usually children. Yeah. And, because, I mean, they have this kind of epilepsies that uh, um, are very, uh, they have an extensive epileptogenic zone and the seizures start very early in life. And they usually also have some uh, neurological deficit, hemiparesis and um, hemianopia. And then they, are, they undergo surgery earlier or later depending on their, their situation, the etiology, um, yes, 
but they most of them actually do well in the end and this is the the magical thing it sounds like a a big uh, messy kind of surgery and uh, but um but then there is a happy end down the road so it involves um chopping the bit in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> but why is this beneficial for patients like is it does it prevent seizures from spreading to become secondary generalized what what's the benefit of this operation um well the benefit is that uh, it yes it stops it stops seizures from uh, um, reaching other uh, parts of the brain that are normal so it sort of isolates the the sick part of the brain and um, stops uh, um, the epileptic activity from uh, attacking the normal part of the brain mm-hmm. so it sort of um, um, stops the, stops the seizures, but it also gives uh, um, it optimizes cognitive development or functional development uh, because of stopping all this uh, negative um, effect. Are these children likely to still have seizures, but just not as severe? In epilepsy surgery, we have uh, it's sort of black and white. We have this angle one A, which is the best no seizures never again and uh, and probably hopefully in most cases stopping drugs mm-hmm. and then there are all the others and some of the all the others also profit from from surgery of course but um, particularly in, in the hemispherotomy the chances of becoming seizure free are actually very high they are higher than in most uh, um, other um, surgeries so it's and it's um, so the goal of becoming really seizure, completely seizure free, and uh, um, maybe also stopping the drugs is achieved by um, 70, 80 percent of patients. Wow! In many of them, the drugs can be stopped either uh, a couple of months after surgery or uh, um, or a bit later. But um, um, so let's say the result, the best result is achieved in such a high um, rate of patients that, uh, uh, yes, there are also the others who have a decreased uh, number of seizures or uh, where the seizures are not so severe. But, um, um, I mean, it's uh, this kind of surgery really um, benefits uh, many of the candidates. And uh, I think that the, the main question is who is who is a candidate? Because it's something, it is a very big surgery. It sounds probably um, very dangerous. Is it very dangerous? I would have thought that if it was so dangerous, don't you weigh up the um, the the risks and the pros and the cons? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just thinking like people often think, "Gosh, that's so dangerous." But what? How do you how do you measure danger when it comes to this surgery? Well, we measure we usually measure danger by um, mortality, people who die during surgery or right after that, or morbidity, any kind of side effects because of surgery, and um, these are actually low. These are these are very low, and uh, so mortality. I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I'm not a neurosurgeon because neurosurgeons <laughs> don't like to talk about mortality, but uh, the rates are like super low, uh-huh. and. Um, Morbidity, um, so any kind of side effects that you may have, uh, that children may have after this kind of surgery, um, yes, there is some morbidity, uh, but um, um, the rates are not that high. And uh, let's say it's not such a high price to pay for this extremely high rate of seizure freedom throughout this patient group. And um, 
The interesting part uh, I find is that uh, uh, all of these risks are, of course, higher the younger the children are. Because this kind of surgery is also done in children at the age of two, three months, so young babies. Wow, that's tiny. They're tiny. Gosh, like, imagine like the tiniest little, sorry, I don't want to get people like really nervous, but the tiniest little, oops, a daisy, that's a tiny brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, of course, the risks are higher because they are tiny, as you said, so they have a, a very low um, blood volume and... Uh, it's obviously much more difficult for the neurosurgeon, but um, but they also do well. But I would say that nowadays risks of uh, um, this kind of risk of mortality, morbidity concern uh, particularly these very young children. But on the other hand, if uh, a child has seizures um, in their first days or weeks of life, and we know that this is the best cure, or this this is the cure then um, um, we do have to offer it, although the risks are higher. Because often isn't the risk of doing nothing actually really high? Mm -hmm. So you have to weigh up, okay, not having surgery, what are the risks of the ongoing seizures um, versus the risk of having surgery and having no seizures and actually living a longer life? I mean, statistically is a, obviously it depends on the individual and age Mm -hmm. age of the child, but as a general sort of statement, would you say that the life expectancy of a child increases with this surgery? I, I would say that most of them actually become seizure-free. Many of them will have their drugs stopped. They have um, um, they are doing better than before surgery on a group level. So um, in in the case of all of these treatments, of course, it's on a group level because. We cannot uh, give so much detail on the individual, but individual. But um, sure, I mean, um, having continuous seizures is definitely not good for the brain, or for um, cognitive development, or for function, or for anything. And um, uh, especially in, um, uh, at a very, very young age, I would select a hat to have a hat if I was if I was a child in the situation as a generalization because the impact of the epilepsies and seizures on a child's life are huge, huge. And that's only if you have like a couple a week or something like that, but you know, if you're having several a day or something. So the children who are suitable for this um, hemispherotomy surgery, do they tend to be um, kids with the sort of rarer genetic epilepsies? These are children that have um, um, have a big hemispheric lesion, so one but half of their brain is damaged. Okay. Most of the children uh, have been born with, uh, um, let's say, a big stroke, or um, uh, mm-hmm. they have uh, a brain malformation that is very extensive and covers the whole hemisphere, <clears throat> or uh, they have. Uh, uh, so the third category are these progressive diseases like uh, Sturge-Weber or Rasmussen um, <clears throat> syndrome and. Uh, and encephalitis, and uh, these children may all profit from this. So actually, in most cases, uh, these are children that have an epilepsy starting in the first, uh, um, if if not days, but at least weeks or months of life. Mm -hmm. They already have a major disability because of the hemiparesis, hemianopia. Uh, Most of them will have some kind of uh, uh, cognitive issues, behavioral issues, and um, and then at some point we decide to offer them surgery and of course this become this uh, 
uh, this depends on the time point where the seizures become uh, increasing frequency or in severity and they take uh, a huge toll on the life of, uh, of the child and also the family. There is this slogan of um, life with half a brain. So um, life with half a brain can be actually great for, for these uh, children. And uh, not just for the children and their families, but also for the children when they become adults. And the most inspiring case is a patient of mine who is now 23 or 24. And um, uh, she had this surgery when she was 15. And uh, it was a very difficult decision. But afterwards, she was doing great. And uh, seizure, the seizure stopped, the drug stopped. Um, she could um, uh, actually finish school and start working. And um, uh, so all of this story uh, is left behind. The nightmare of having seizures, of having the surgery is left behind. She's having a great time. And uh, we had this discussion the other day and she told me that the worst thing for her were the seizures that she had before surgery. So she's still having a hard time coping, not with the surgery itself, seizures that were finally stopped by surgery. Is it is it the emotional impact of those or the, the cognitive impact of those? The emotional impact of all these of the seizures that she had up to a, a certain time point where she finally got the surgery. Wow. So the surgery was basically the end to a nightmare. And, and she's now she does not remember so much about the surgery anymore. So the surgery basically opened a door to a, a different world, a better life. And uh, the part that uh, it still worries her um, is uh, the nightmare that she experienced before the surgery with all of the seizures that she had. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Georgia, and giving us a bit of insight into the hemispherotomy type of surgery. Um, I understand why that scares lots of people, but mm-hmm. I, it's a very exciting thing and can truly, like you said, but, uh, improve a patient's quality of life and the quality of life actually of the loved ones too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Make sure that you tune in next week to hear part two with Georgia, where we shall be hearing all about both the positive changes and sacrifices made when a child has a hemispherotomy, the short and long-term impacts, and why on earth, despite a person still having excess electrical activity in one half of their brain, they are not experiencing epileptic seizures. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.